Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And welcome to the clinic. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Jeff Kowal is here live in studio. Jeff, good morning. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, it's always good. good to have you doing the show. No guests today. Um, often Joe Still, Aaron Spitzner, and Marie McFarland did last week's show, I think. So it's great to have... That was the 4th of July week, right? Yep. Man, the summer's going so fast, I can't keep track of what weekend it is, Jeff. At least It's fun, me. though. It's, uh, 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 every it, weekend is more fun. It beats it's winter. Just, yeah, you bet. It's, <laughs> you look outside, it's still nice outside. It's, there's no snow out there, so that's, it's still good. That's, that's my preference, Jeff. As we talk about the Kowal Investment Group, just a little background first, and then we jump into the meat of the program. And as we move along today, anytime you want, you can call with a question or text us. Of course, we prefer the phone calls. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line it's 414-799-1130. It's open right now. Call Jeff Kowal. Jeff is, of course, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. And we're on every weekend, both on WIBA, that's in Madison, and, of course, WISN in Milwaukee. Been doing this show now, coming up shortly in 20 years. 20 years, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And you wonder what kind of content we have after all that time. But the things are changing constantly in retirement planning. And I think that's what separates us from everybody else. That's the differentiator, if you will, that um, others do everything. And you're retiring? Oh, yeah, we do that, too. With the Kowal Investment Group, retirement is what we do all the time. If you're close to already in retirement, with $750,000 or more in retirement assets, there really is no place to go but the Kowal Investment Group for your retirement and investment planning. We manage over a billion dollars of assets for our clients. And one of the things is is you should go to our – if you would, go to our website, thekowalway.com. Um, on there, there are a number of things I'm going to address one of them today, but um, – you know, five tips to keep family wealth in the family. It's an important part of retirement and investment planning. Once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and then pass it on and make sure that it goes to the intended beneficiaries? So that's a great piece on our website, thekowalway.com. Yeah, check out the website, please. You also hear Jeff and his staff do these market updates. Uh, it's a recap of the day's uh, market activities, anything in the news, economically, and they do it in 60 seconds every That's day. That's right. The 3 o'clock news block, 5 o'clock news block, and Mark Belling's show on WISN in Milwaukee, and then with Vicki McKenna at 4.55 on WIBA in Madison. Give you one idea what's driving the market that particular day, how it affects your retirement and investment plan, and uh, so what kind of thing? What? How does that affect my life uh, with that one minute? Uh, so we wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P 500, and tech-heavy NASDAQ all in one minute, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news blocks on WISA and WISA in Milwaukee, and 4.55 on WIBA in Madison. So we, um, you combine the two stations there, you know. WISA. I know. I know. <laughs> it's not a new station. It's, just, it's the combination of both put together. Yes, that's our sister station there in Madison. And it's a news talk format. Vicki McKenna's on that station, et cetera. And now we're on the station and have been for some time. Yes. So if you're Madison and listening, thank you so much. The Kowal Investment Group has offices in Waukesha. 
Port Washington. Beautiful view of Lake Michigan. If you're in the Ozaukee County or anywhere north of Milwaukee, that might be your office to meet Phoenix, Arizona for the Snowbirds. In fact, Jeff, you're licensed in 20-some states. 27 states. I was just thinking of that, too. That fortunately, we are blessed with wonderful clients. And if they retire here, they, they, uh, they stay with us. And then if they go somewhere else, they stay with us as well. So we're licensed in 27 states. And that's important, especially now as our reach with uh, digital media and other things um, with regard to our, our marketing and advertising and with uh, um you know, all the, the different ways that you can hear us and contact us, it's important that we are licensed in a number of different states and you can stay with us. And continuity, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, that later on, the consistency and consolidating, all those things are important. I, I'm glad you mentioned because of things, well, first off, the iHeart app, start there. You can go to our website, News Talk 1130.com. I forgot our own website. You can stream us. You can listen uh, via Alexa, whatever you want. And we do have some of your clients, Jeff, that listen all over the country, Florida, Arizona being two of the biggest states probably. Yep. And then that, that last location is in Racine at Highway 20. Aaron Spitzner is there often. He's been on the show uh, many times. Uh, so the market updates every day. And then, Jeff, we get a full retirement clinic hour every Saturday. So I'll shut up and let you get going on your first topic. Now let's talk about a couple of things. One is that... Um Two I want to cover in this first segment. We have about nine minutes left, so we'll see how if I can get through this. Um, one is an article that, or a, a topic that Aaron Spitzer is going to going to um, actually expand on next time he's on, and he's actually going to start doing a webinar for us uh, to retire to work or not. That's the question many asking amid the pandemic. Uh, this was a year ago that Barron's did this article, and now it's um, it's becoming more prominent. With the Fed and the the uh, uh, Federal Reserve and the uh, uh, jobs report uh, recently last week, uh, employers added fewer jobs than expected in April and May, even as the economy grew rapidly. And again, this has to do with retiring workers um, after COVID. Uh, and a lot, a lot of people are questioning whether they should retire or not. Uh, not one of them, the topics that. Um, one of the headlines is great resignation gains steam as return to work plans take effect. So people are, or companies are trying to get their employers to employees to come back to work. And some of them are saying, eh, maybe not. I, you know, I like it. You know, they talked about um, when the country shut down there, there, this is one uh, blaze Bullock is his name. He was on the road one day a week. This is a CNBC article. One, I'm sorry, one week a month as a marketing consultant in the auto industry. Then when the country shut down, Bullock began working remotely. Now they want me to start traveling again and visiting car dealerships. Man, I just don't want to do that at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is a younger guy. He's only 34. But then um, you look at and, uh, the shrinking labor force lowers the bar. Um the uh, a Wall Street Journal article talks about not only are younger people not wanting to go back to work to some degree, going mm-hmm. back into the office, not that they don't want to go back to work. Some don't want to go back to work, I admit that, but some don't want to go back into the office. Uh, but the Federal Reserve officials have long said a key condition for raising interest rates is a return to maximum employment. Their evolving views about how much growth, job growth that will entail could lead them to roll back support 
for the economy sooner than previously expected. In other words, they're they're thinking about if the if the economy heats up, they might have to raise interest rates. Um, so what are your thoughts, Jeff, on people not wanting to go back to the office, but they want to keep their job? You're an employer, right? If yes. people are productive and getting the work done at home, is that okay? Or I I don't know. Fortunately, I, I, our our team has. Um, they're pretty productive when they do work from home. So in our case, we tried to come up with a compromise um, because we like, if you don't have everybody together, I'm, I'm not sure that you can develop an effective culture uh, if the people don't know each other in the office. I, I uh, like the way you phrase that. There is a culture to every office. Yes. And if offices are empty and the hallways are dark, there's a certain feel. Right. Almost like nobody cares. Like it's abandoned. But the flip side of that is that... Um, you want to be respectful and say, you know, they, they work well from home. Some jobs work better than others. Um, you know, if you have to ask others to cover for you while you're working from home, that doesn't that isn't as effective. So we're doing it one day a week that they can pick a day, and then two days a week they have to be in the office so that everybody gets together at least two days a week. And so you, have, you have one. meetings, staff right. meetings. Right, so then and you, you have would, one. you would prefer those not to be on Zoom. And I think that, yes. Um, and there are, like Heather in our office is very good at working from home, so she'll come in. Uh, generally once a week, and um, but, but and, and others in our office are very good. So she'll work primarily from home. So every situation is a little bit different. That's true. Radio is the same way. There are some guys that still have their microphone and computer at home. You can sound as good on the new technology, the new equipment, Jeff. For instance, you could be sitting at your home right now on a microphone if you wanted to. It's not the same. Well, you're right. It's not the same because you and I don't interact, and yeah. or you, know, you can't like I can see you here. So if you're waving at me or cutting me off or something, I can see that. Uh, if I'm at home, I can't see that. But it's it. Everybody's different. Every office is different. You have to, you know. Again, we try to be sensitive to the needs of our, our great team members. Uh, but it, uh, the Fed goes on. This article goes on to say 2.6 million people who retired since February of 2020, according to the estimates of the Dallas Federal Reserve. A steady aging, steadily aging U.S. population suggests limited scope for reversing the trends. The number of people who left the labor force through retirement was higher during this pandemic recession recovery than in previous recession recoveries. Um, that's according to the Cleveland Fed president. So typically when people retire, they don't come back into the labor force. And that's the problem they have, that the labor force is shrinking. Not only are the you know, 25 to 54-year-olds a part of it, but also those you know, who, who previously were working and then decide not to come back to work. Again, Aaron Spitzer is going to do more work on that and may even put. So if you're one of those that is thinking about um, maybe not going back to work uh, because now they, they they want you to come into the office and think, you know, maybe it's time for me to look at hanging it up. Again, Coal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, that's what we do. We can help you with that. We can help you with some of those calculations as well. Then you got the other camp, Jeff, that just don't want to go back to work. That's a whole other story, though. Yeah, so that's a different issue. Yeah, you know, getting yeah. that check and, well, I'm only making this much at a restaurant and I'm getting more to sit on the couch, so I'll sit on the couch. Yeah, this is mostly about lifestyle, about return to work uh, after the COVID, uh, but you're, you're right. Some of those incentives to stay home are, I mean, affect the, the labor force as well. Oh, totally. Man, there's some restaurants that just, they're closing down in some days now. They put the sign, they're very transparent. Due to lack of help, Yeah, we can't be yes. open. 
this hour. These are new hours. And then right next to it, help wanted sign. Yes. And that's a shame. But, um, again, there are incentives in, in uh, uh, Wisconsin is one of those that our labor, our unemployment rate is still relatively low, even though we're still giving that incentive. But you eliminate, eliminate that incentive, the unemployment incentive to they got to go home. back. To, you have to go back. Then to work you have then. to go back to work. Yes, or you live on zero money. Right. Uh, so there's less of an incentive. Um, if we have, uh, we uh, take a break now, or, or it's up. Why to don't you. we break now? What do you have next? I want to talk about. Aaron has an article. Uh, Aaron Kowal has an article on a co- at thekowalway.com, uh, talking about halfway back to normal. And then I also want to talk about uh, financial decisions about consolidating your accounts because as you get older, you may be losing some functions. There was a great uh, Barron's article just recently about that, and maybe it's time to consolidate. So I want to talk about that after the break as well. So you're listening to The Retirement Clinic. If you have questions along the way, in fact, Aaron Kowal, we're going to hear from right after these commercials with the Boss Minute for Business Owners Savings and Security. We take your questions on retirement. That includes so much, right? Taxes, Social Security, uh, Roth IRAs and conversions and life insurance, estate planning, everything that falls under retirement. Your questions right now. Welcome. At 799-1130, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We are live with Jeff Kowal in studio to take your calls at 414-799-1130. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. In previous segments, we've discussed the importance of succession planning and estate planning for business owners. Another important planning option you may not have considered for your business is forming a trust. Maybe asking yourself, why would I need a trust for my business? The purpose of a trust is to manage assets on behalf of businesses so that the business can continue to run in your absence. They have a variety of legal uses that help business owners and their beneficiaries preserve and grow their wealth. Not forming a trust for your business could put the business at risk. For example, one of the biggest issues many people don't realize is that often money from a business will be used to resolve the debts of a business owner's private affairs. Even if you don't think your business will need protection from creditors, circumstances could change and it's always a good idea to set up protection for your business. Other benefits of forming a trust for your business are that it can oftentimes minimize taxes and avoid pitfalls that can ensue when there is no estate plan in place. There are several types of trusts that can be formed for your business, such as a life insurance trust, charitable trust, and living trusts. Not everyone will need the same type of trust or one at all, and needs vary based on person's circumstances. Before you choose a trust, make sure to look at all your options and choose the one that best benefits your business and the future of your business. If you need help getting started, give our office a call, 262-522-4040. That's today's Boss Minute, Business Owner Savings and Security. That's what BOSS stands for. And that was Aaron Kowal. We're back with Jeff Kowal, and this is The Retirement Clinic. A lot coming up, including the sexy segment uh, in the next uh, part of the program. Jeff, in this segment, though, as you mentioned before the break, you've got something for us. A couple of things I want to cover. Well, 
uh, one is that just getting back to what Aaron was talking about. Um, we talked about five tips to keep family wealth in the family. Go to the koalway.com uh, to our website that five, those five tips are there. But this week, Aaron had a, uh, a weekly market commentary uh, that I thought was pretty good because it talks about halfway back to, to normal. Um, and the uh, economist came up with a global normalcy index, global normalcy index. Is that something new? Yeah, for the economist. And in March of 2020, the global normalcy index was 35 with 100 being normal pre-pandemic level. At the end of the second quarter, the, the, it was at 66. So the, in March of 2020, it dropped to 35. Now it's at 66. So that's why he says it's halfway back to normal. From 35, 100 is normal. 35 to 66. 35 is pretty bad, as we remember when yes. COVID hit. Things got pretty ugly, Jeff. But it's, uh, the article, and you can go to the website again, koalway.com. Employment is improving, but more slowly than anticipated. Uh, last week's jobs report was 850,000 jobs. Uh, employers are having trouble filling positions. Workers are leaving jobs, exactly without that great resignation. Um, in June, uh, 942,000 Americans, 9.9% of, of those who were unemployed were job leavers. They had resigned from their jobs, 942,000. You would know this, Jeff. Instead of leaving or, or wanting to work from home or changing jobs, are many just saying, the heck with it, I'm going to retire? You know, instead of going back to the office, I'm 58, 59, 60, I'll just retire. Yeah, that's what we talked about the last the last segment, Paul, and that's I think that that makes sense that you know we can help with that because again uh you you have to you can't just walk away from work i mean yes you could <laughs> no, i guess nothing's stopping you but it makes sense to have a plan before you do walk away from work see if you have enough money with pension social security the investments that you have uh what are your expenses again that's what we do with the with our cash flow analysis with the uh, streamlined retirement process at the Coal Investment Group. Um, so we can help you with that. If that is something that you're struggling with, should you go or not, 58, 59, 60, 62, 55, whatever age, if you're thinking, maybe I shouldn't go back to the office, maybe I shouldn't go back to work, yeah, we can help with that. 55, Jeff, that's me. Yeah. Hey. You better not leave yet, Paul, because this is... Let's get to twenty-five or thirty years before we leave. No, oh gosh, no! I'm not. I'm not leaving yet. I'm not ready. You know, don't you think people? A lot of it's visceral. Yes, Jeff. Mathematically, you guys help us with the numbers. We have to be ready from a financial aspect to retire. Yes, but a lot of it is also just the feel. Am I ready to just stop working? Well, especially if you see, uh, in, in the pandemic, we had more people pass away last year than we ever did in one year. And really only one of them was from COVID. The rest were from other causes. But you start to think- um, are, you talk, are you talking about clients now? Cli clients of ours, Oh yeah, yes. okay. Uh, more passed away. Um, and, but again, it wasn't COVID related. Some of it I think was just loneliness that the people, the kids weren't coming to see them. They were afraid to join, to to see them. They didn't, they felt, felt disconnected. I felt bad for the nursing yeah. home, uh, those residents. They they were looking through windows and yes. we're going to look back some day and go, oh my gosh, that happened? What did we do to them? Right. It's what like we're that... looking at the kids and saying, we're forcing them to wear masks. Is that child abuse? What are we doing to these kids? So, is it so traumatizing them and their future? Are they going to have PTSD type things? Right. 
And, I, I and, think and there's parent, something to that. And the, and the older people looking through windows, you're right. What's, why aren't they coming to see me? So, um, again, and, and this this kind of overlaps into the thing I wanted to talk about. This is a recent article in Barron's Magazine. Financial decisions, financial decision-making worsens with age. Here's how to help your future self. Um, this is just a recent article from uh, in, uh, in Barron's. If you're in your 60s, you probably don't do calculations as quickly as you used to. It might take you a bit longer to learn the nuances of a new investment. Yet, when researchers test the financial decision-making capacity of people in this age, they often perform as well or better than younger people. What they've lost is processing power. They have more than offset in experience. So they can't process as quickly, but they have good experience. But the, the article goes on to say, you may overreact to market downturns or underreact to financial problems. Older people are more vulnerable to scams. Such changes in your brain are predictable, and you should start preparing for them long before they pose a problem. Simplify your affairs. This is what we've talked a little bit about consolidation. I'll get more into that. Getting rid of unnecessary amounts and uh, and accounts and credit cards. Consider um, annuitizing part of your investment portfolio to create a regular monthly check. And more importantly, identify someone who can step in when you need help running your affairs. You know, you might feel that you're perfectly fine now. With us, we look at um, a key contact. You know, who is someone that if you st- if someone starts, if we start to see some decline in our clients, Who's a key person that we can talk to confidentially that might know more about your situation? These are things that we look out for. Again, since we're retirement planning specialists, we address all areas of planning. And part of that planning has to do with doing regular reviews with our clients. There's a, actually a text that came in that's right up your alley here, Jeff. That's okay. what you're talking about. And I, and I just, if you're okay, I just want to chime in. Jim from Tosa texted us, and it's what you just talked about, getting to know and reviewing things. Here's what Jim wrote. Jeff, what should I expect from my advisor? I hear ads promoting financial services from your company and others, and I hear from my advisor only once a year for a review, which he basically looks at what I have, and he really offers no suggestions. I'm thinking I could do better. What do you guys do? How often do we and should we review? Thanks, Jim from Wauwatosa. Okay, great. Well, it kind of piggybacks off of what you just said. Every situation is different, but if something happens in the family, if there's a reason, I think if there's a reason, Jeff, and you guys always meet with your clients and review things. Well, we do. We meet with our clients twice a year, some more often, some less often, but we kind of leave it up to the clients. But it's important in good times and bad that we meet with you. It's not just about the investment. Something might have happened in your life, leaving your job, getting divorced, uh, a spouse might have passed away. Um, Those are the types of things. And Jim brings up a great point because uh, even if there's not – so we don't go through just the investment. Of, of course, we go through the investments because we manage over a billion of assets. We want to make sure they're on track and we have the right mix and the right risk tolerance. But uh, we like to have the spouse come in because a lot of times only one spouse is responsible for, for the financial part. And the other spouse isn't really that engaged. And what if 
God forbid, one passes away. That's exactly and, and he's it. the one or she's the one that had all that knowledge of investments. So they come in. So we encourage them both to come in um, so that they're comfortable with us because, we, again, we address the cash flow analysis. How long is your gonna, money going to last in retirement? Have you taken a look at long-term care? Have you updated your wills and trusts? Um, is this the year you should do a Roth conversion? If taxes are likely to go up and not down, should you be trying to lock in some lower taxes? now by by converting some uh, Roth IRAs. It's painful to pay taxes up front, so it's not for everybody, but the value of the tax-free growth forever is incredible. It's even more painful yeah, to pay so Jim, higher taxes down the road, right? So, Jim, these are the types of things. Can you get help elsewhere? Uh, probably. If it's just the investments that they're reviewing with you, that's not it. We address all areas of planning. The, again, the, uh, the tax part of it, how can we help you reduce your taxes? Does it fit in with your overall plan? Uh, the estate planning part of it, the legal part of it, what are t- and to make sure that your family wealth stays in the family. That's a key part of it too. You don't want an ex-spouse of one of your kids inheriting your your money. Um, so you have to be, those are types of things that, that we address. So that's a good question, Jim. Um, yeah. Uh, once just to handling the investment part of it is good. That's important. But yes, there are more things that you can do. Well, clients also reach out to you and they have questions, Jeff, it's important to have the people, uh, on staff to answer those questions. Maybe it's something bad that happened. They alert you to it. Maybe it's just checking on their, Retire. Maybe they want to make a change and they and have a I question. That's another great point. I think that's a great part of we work as a team. We'll usually have two advisors in on a meeting. We can't be expected to be in around all the time, every time. Um, so that at least they'll know other people in the firm that they trust. And there's a succession plan in place, too. So if we're, we're hearing a lot now about other advisors who are either retiring or leaving or selling out or doing something. And the clients, the people are calling us and saying, should we look elsewhere now? They're retiring. They I've had this nice. guy for years, yes. right? Now what do we do? And we've got a succession plan in place. We've got the next generation in place, but that's not an issue. I'm not retiring. I'm applying another 15 years or so. <laughs> so I'm not retiring. But if I did, or if, if something happened to me, if it's not God's plan for me to stick around and something happens to me, we've got a great team of people. And that's what we look for. And Jim, I think that's what you could be looking for as well, to have a great team of people behind us. So it's not just one person. It's not unlike, Jeff, losing a, your doctor. Maybe it's been your primary care physician for 25 years. I had that happen to me. I had a great doctor since I was, you know, what would it have been, maybe early 30s? And then I got a letter in the mail that said, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm, yes. I'm done. God bless him, right? He gets to retire. And I was like, well, now what? Now, now who's, who's my doctor? So I've gone through two new general doctors before I landed on this one. Though. As you it's, age, that it, becomes yeah. very important. Yep, yep. The relationship I'm talking about, not so much... I assume by at that point they're all skilled at what they do, right? But it's like you get to know your doctor and you talk about very personal things. Yes. And uh, the retirement of mine was a huge deal. Thankfully, he gave me a list. He's here for recommendations all yes. within, you know, it's, it's Aurora. I can say that. And I picked a doctor and I've had him now for eight years and I love oh, the good. guy. That's good. That's a success. Worked out Sometimes good. Sometimes it doesn't But what happens when he retires? Yeah. Well, let's hope it doesn't happen anytime soon. But again, that's inevitable. Like in our firm, we have a succession plan in place. And hopefully they will have a succession plan in place as well. Exactly. Um, That's your whole point here is to have somebody there. Yes. 
Um, again, that's where if, if your advisor is retiring or if they're selling out or something, and you're not exactly sure what's going on, come on and see us. But back to this article. Um, it has to do with, with uh, losing some function as you age. My reaction, the article goes on to say, my reaction time and my ability to process has probably diminished, compounding the problems that many seniors refuse to acknowledge deterioration in their mental capacities, research has found. Uh, all of us, I think this is kind of interesting because we could probably relate to it. I remember riding with my dad. All of us have had the experience of driving with a 90-year-old, and you realize after a few blocks, if you're sitting in a passenger seat, you're sitting in the wrong seat. <laughs> you should be driving, but just like driving. But just to kind of wrap this all it's up. It's hard to tell your mom and dad they suck at driving. Well, it's hard. That's to, hard. Them, and it's hard for them to give up the keys, too. It is. Because that's independence. They taught me to drive. They were there supporting me. It's hard yes. to tell. However, that being said, it's even worse to get into an accident. Yes. But I think that we have alternatives now, which maybe we didn't have before. We were considering, you know, do we have to start a limo service or something like that, that as our clients uh, age that will pick them up and bring them to the offices? No, you do Uber or Lyft. I mean, or, there are alternatives. Or you could do a Zoom virtual Zoom, meeting. You yep. can screen share, and right? Great point because a lot of our clients, especially the ones that are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s were a little hesitant to do that. We made it so simple for them. They click on this link. Thank you for helping There's us. There's just face. <laughs> they were grateful. And they're not just looking at you. They're looking at the documents, the yes, docs. Yes, okay. we were able to share documents. We were able to do all those things. And we helped bring them along easily with those Zoom meetings. So, See, but some people like socializing. We are well, social creatures. You want to go to the office. If you can't drive, Uber and Lyft and things like that are an easy way to do it. And I can see doing self-driving cars. Uh, Brian McGillis in our office was in our office a couple of years ago, he does. I think he was on our show a couple couple of weeks ago. Uh, does our uh, auto insurance? They were pricing for for where I, I live in Oconomowoc to Waukesha. They're pricing for self driving cars for insurance for autonomous vehicles. It, that day is coming. I think that's coming. Absolutely. I mean, I know they're there now. You know, they you haven't perfected your car it. with an app. It pulls up. You pull yeah. in there. You're not worried about a ninety year old driving. You're worried about a ninety year old calling the right car from his app. <laughs> and, and you get to sit and read, I was going to say the paper. You get to scroll through your tablet and read yes. the news yep. or prep for your job. Yeah, of course that day is coming. That's definitely going to be here. Jeff, I don't think the driver cars, I don't think that option is going away, though. I, you no, know, we'll I always have the option a, a to, to drive a lot of us like to, like to drive. But oh, I got to be in some control. Some of the kids are not learning how to drive, and certainly nobody's learning how to drive stick now. Do you I, know how to drive stick? I have stick. No, okay. Not only do I know how to drive it, I have a six-speed Honda Civic, but guess what? Guess who's looking for cars now? Paul. Oh, yeah? I'm car shopping. Oh, yeah? I'm getting rid of that Honda Civic. I, what do they call it? mine? I learned on the three and the tree, and some people will know what that is. I know how to drive three and the tree. It's the three-speed on the, on the... Yeah, you put you clutch the, it, and you move your... The, it's up on the uh, steering column. Steering column, so three and the tree. First, the second, column. third, and reverse, yep, and neutrals yep. in between. Okay, I know how to drive finish. motorcycles. That's all in the foot, one down, four up, right? Are no, you more... I, I never did the oh, motorcycles. see? And Spencer just said he doesn't know how to drive stick. I think everybody should know. Yeah, but the, that's... Not everybody will know, especially the next generation coming up. That's true. And some may not even learn to drive at all. Just wrapping this up, are your finances a labyrinth that only you can navigate? That's important. Um, is both a medical uh, – is Carolyn McLennan in Florida. She advises seniors to limit themselves to one bank account, one brokerage account, one individual account, retirement account, and so on. 
The problem with cognitive decline and dementia is really complex. I've seen people do great in their 90s and others start to have problems in their 50s. Uh, set up your finances just assuming you're going to have cognitive decline, and that makes it easier for someone else to st step in. And that's what we're talking about, simplifying, consolidating. Uh, those are the types of things, depending on your health, uh, you know, to, to, to see if there's a way that you can... Uh, uh, and this is one of the biggest ways we see from do-it-yourselfers who are tired of doing it themselves and from um, individuals who have assets scattered all over that then they need to consolidate. And that's a big reason with cognitive decline and just stuff you don't notice. Um, you know, will help notice that will help uh, manage those assets and manage your investments and planning for you. Jeff, you brought up not wanting to do it yourself, or maybe you're not doing as good a job as somebody else could. You could get a better return, right? Uh, there's that, too. What's yes. your performance? Or you start making mistakes, you overreact. If or... I painted my own house, it would not look as good as a professional, bottom line. <laughs> I can guarantee you <laughs> well, that. Well, yeah, our, your retirement plans wouldn't look as good as if we did it. Right. So. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Hey, your phone number at the Kowal Investment Group, reach out. Call 262 522 or com. Coming up next, the sexy segment. It's about wealth management and preservation as we continue. WIBA, WISN, the Retirement Clinic with Jeff Kowal. Okay, the music, we call it the sexy segment for a reason. Jeff talks about wealth management and preservation, and it's each week around this time on the Retirement Clinic. So welcome back. Thanks for joining us both in Madison and here in Milwaukee and WISN in, Mil in Madison. It's WIBA. By way of background, Jeff, you've been doing this segment for many, many years. Now, we're going on 20 years this September. Right. On, on this show on WISN, that's amazing. That's an amazing run we're not done yet oh no uh, this this is kind of interesting though because you talk about how different things changes with wealth management and preservation it, this show is for everybody this particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more once you've accumulated some wealth how do you grow it uh, preserve it take income from it and pass it on to your heirs uh, the estate tax has been changing dramatically. Uh, today, I want to talk about Biden's proposed death tax threatens American families. This is interesting because uh, it you'll see at the end how it doesn't apply to him. It's interesting how that happens. But, it, you, you know, we've, we've over the years, over the 20 years, we've talked about how do you come up with 59 and a half, 70, 70 and a half? How do you come up with certain exemptions and things like that? A lot of times it has to, I'm not saying that this is done just because it avoids him. But it's, it's interesting that you wonder where these things come from. But uh, this is uh, uh, an article. F um, Republicans in Crown Congress are slamming from just a couple days ago, actually are slamming Joe Biden's proposed death tax by calling it a terrible idea for Americans. During a roundtable discussion, Republicans on the House Ways and Means Committee bashed the provision um, in Biden's American Families Plan. Ranking committee member, member Kevin Brady from Texas said the new bill will throw American farms into disarray as well as kill jobs across the country. On local farms and businesses will cost a million American jobs over the next 12 years. 
tax hike also slashes paychecks for workers. As a component, as a component of the American Families Plan, Biden's proposed tax would force force farmers to pay capital gains of 40% on land inherited that could have been in the family, and it probably was in the family for generations. Uh, and then in addition to that, a current 40% tax on the remaining estate. So what they're talking about is getting rid of the step-up in basis. So if if a family inherited as a million dollars and now the family farm is worth $10 million, somebody dies, they're saying you're going to have to sell off the farm to come up with the capital gains on $9 million of gains in the family farm. And so they're going to have to sell off a part of the farm. According to Congressman Adrian Smith of Nebraska, uh, the Democrat-led death tax would negatively impact almost every family-owned business in America. They propose doubling the capital gains tax rates at nearly 40% in the name of so-called fairness. Um, the article goes on to say a cattle rancher from a Texas panhandle, Pat, Dowell, Pat McDowell, testified and told him how Biden's proposal would hurt him and the family business owners across them, across the country. The Biden administration's proposal totally undermines our estate plan. This plan punishes our family just because we want the next generation to be able to make a living in agriculture. Uh, Brady, the congressman, says accused the Biden administration of pulling a bait and switch on the American people. He claimed Biden never cared about buildings, roads, and bridges, only raising taxes on American families. Or he just forgot. I uh, probably forgot. And the the article goes on to say, and I was trying to find that part of it. So that, instead of the term, I, he bought the farm, uh, <laughs> it's going to be he's going to sell the farm. Well, it said that it went on. I, I can't find that part of it, but I, I know it from from reading it. It talked about how Biden's estate is worth about $8 million now. But a lot of it is tied up in two uh, homes, uh, which there's a uh, $250,000, there'd be about $2.5 million exemption for these homes. So his entire estate is $8 million? Uh, is $8 million, that's say. That's actually not as high as I thought I, it would that, be. That's what the article said. If that's right? counting the homes? I, I, yes. That, again, that's what the article said. Well, I, I, I thought he was worth I agree a lot with you. more than I that. agree with you and all the other stuff he's got going on. But let's say that that's the case. Trump's got him beat by that his, millions. That his $8 million is tied up in two homes and annuities um, and a couple other things that were not taxable. That the only thing that would be taxable in his estate would be the homes. And this exemption of, they say, would be $2.5 million, the exemption. So just about all of his estate would, would, would be exempt from this capital gains tax because he doesn't have a lot of assets oh. that would increase based on capital gains. So he doesn't, he's not affected as much by the step-up in basis. So it's, but family farms, family businesses, things like that would be affected by doing away with the uh, step-up in basis. The other part of this that I thought was kind of interesting, and just to go with the, the wealth management and preservation, this is an article that talked about um, the world. The world's ultra wealthy population grew by one point seven percent in the twenty in twenty twenty, despite the pandemic. The global ultra high net worth population showed resilient growth in twenty twenty, despite the huge disruption from COVID nineteen pandemic. 
The world's wealthiest population grew one point. That's those over over thirty million dollars of assets, grew one point seven percent a year, adding forty seven hundred thirty individuals to bring the total to two hundred ninety five, almost three hundred thousand. Uh, people who have over $30 million of assets. Their combined fortune moves 2% to $35 trillion, according to WealthX's ninth annual World Ultra Net Worth Report. It's kind of interesting. I mean, that's a, that's a chunk of change, and they were yeah. uh, 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 unaffected. But you know what? If you look at even those that are... Um, Less than that. <laughs> People have a million to three million. People have a three million to thirty million dollars. If done properly, their net worth would have increased last year in twenty twenty as well. If you didn't bail on the markets. You know, That's the key, right? Yep. Not giving well, up and well look at last year when COVID hit. What was that number you said? Thirty five? Now we're back to sixty six? When you talked about the G and I, the, yes, uh, the, the growth index. The, yeah, I mean, some um, people were panicking and getting out. I was talking to you every week, Jeff. Yep. I was in freakout mode. But what we did was with the market dropping so far so fast, we we didn't want our clients to sell their life savings at a discount. So what we did was we waited for the market. So it dropped from thirty thousand, about thirty thousand, down to about eighteen thousand. We got around to twenty thousand five hundred. We 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 rebalanced, bought more stocks, and so our clients. Did, but that's not those aren't people with 30 million 50 million 100 million 200 million a billion those are our clients from a million to 30 million dollars so those people did very well as well just if with proper planning yep. so even though the the article talked about the world's ultra wealthy those who just have a fair amount of wealth actually a good amount of wealth did pretty well also yeah absolutely good stuff you know I was just joking about the term he bought the farm what, what did that come from, right? So I looked it up. I, I was curious. It, it, it comes from, in the old days, if soldiers were died or killed in action, uh, the specific mention of a farmer is referring to when a jet crashed on a farmer's land, the farmer could sue for compensation. Hence, the pilot essentially bought the farm. Uh-huh. So it started back in, I think, World War II. He bought the farm. I've been hearing that term my whole life, and I never... Why would they say that, right? He bought the farm. It means you died. That's what it means. So that was good stuff, Jeff. Yeah. When we come back, I have the uh, I actually have the numbers with regard to Biden. But uh, it's it's important to do planning. It's important that with the changes in the estate planning, you have to be aware of what's going on. Changes the step up in basis are the things that you could do to potentially prepare for that. So that Biden stuff. Uh, hold on to that, Jeff. We'll come right back yep. with that as we wrap up today's retirement clinic, and it's on every Saturday from noon to one on WISN, also WIBA Madison with Jeff Cole. I'm Paul Kronforst. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. Jeff, that Biden information you have at your fingertips. Yes. Now consider an actual couple who would likely escape the new tax entirely. Joe and Joe Biden have an estimated net worth of $8 million, according to Forbes. Mr. Biden's disclosures indicate that uh, it consists of two personal residences, several annuities, and life insurance policies. The only assets that would be subject to capital gains tax at death would be their two homes, the appreciation on which likely amounts to less than $2.5 million in exemptions for the married couple. So they'd be entitled to the exemptions. Everything else would be exempt from that tax. Works out pretty good 7, for old Sleepy Joe, huh? You bet. 
Interesting stuff. As always, we, now we covered a lot of material, Jeff, and I'm glad we got that in at the end here. We do have to give out your information. The Kowal Investment Group is at thekowalway.com in Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, in Racine as well. Jeff, they can call you anytime. 262-522-4040. Schedule initial consultation. Um, you'll go online at thekowalway.com and request an, a meeting with us. If you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets, close to or already in retirement, get together with the Kowal Investment Group. That's the Retirement Clinic. Thanks for joining us on WISN and WIBA.